right, man. Welcome back. This is the Breakout Finder Show here on the Roto Underworld Radio Network. And y'all know who it is. It's the two R's. Double R's. R&R, Ray and Ryan. It's your host, Ray G. You can find me on Twitter at Ray GQ. As always, my co-host, Mr. Ryan Lopes. That's still Ryan 5 himself. What's going on, big dog? Ray, man, it is, uh, you know, you, you and I stay in touch throughout the week and, and, and when we're not recording, we are, we we're always in touch. And I, I truly do look forward to sitting down with you on Sunday nights. We, you and I tend to record on Sundays, Sunday evenings, and, uh, just to chop it up with you, man, for an hour. It is, it is always a pleasure, bro. So excited to be back. Yeah, man. It's, um, dude, like I, I really enjoy shows with you. It's just, I just like your aura, man. Like whether it's engaging with you on the timeline, like you just absolutely, you're bro. Just, you're my kind of cat, Lopes. You just chill like <laughs> me. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just cool people, man. Yeah. Um, Let's talk so about. I'm, so I'm looking right now. Like I am consumed with a pellet grill. Like I want a pellet okay. grill. Bad. I have yeah. like uh, I'm looking at Louisiana grills. I'm getting recommendations for Rectech. I'm getting recommendations for like Traeger. We all heard Traeger, Absolutely. right? So here's Absolutely. my dilemma. Here's my dilemma. Everyone's telling me to go with this Rectech pellet grill because it's like a okay. like a little better quality. Like, you know, I've never heard of them before. I only heard of Traeger. No, it's my first like, time, yeah. But here's the thing. My son's birthday party is this coming weekend. And okay. I'm going to want to do some ribs. I'm going to want to throw some brisket on there. I want some nice throw down. tender meat. It's Texas. I want some tender meat. The Rec Tech, I can't pick it up in stores. I have to order it, and the grill is okay. on back order. Okay. I can go get the Traeger right now. And, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm seeing comments, people telling me Traeger's awesome. Some people are telling me Traeger's tail, terrible. Get the, get the higher quality grill. And then I'm getting, I'm getting the rational people that say, like, at this point, all of them are pretty much the same. You know, you're just paying for the name, paying for the brand. Go which one works for your budget, right? Yeah. yeah. And it sort of brings me to this NFL prospect combine pro day season, right? Like, okay, I love this parallel. I love this we're, parallel. We're, we're we're back at this. We're back at this point that I didn't want to be at. I, this is a point <laughs> that I had. I have. I unlike the Traeger versus the Rectag, I didn't want to be here because we've got numbers from Jamar Chase. We don't have numbers from Devontae Smith. It is final. Mm -hmm. It is official. Mm -hmm. We do not have the numbers. Smitty said, I'll do some work at the pro day, but we don't really know what he is. So we've got the proven known asset, this Traeger grill that I know, right? <laughs> I know this Traeger grill that some people are saying are great is great, and some people are saying it's overrated. Get something else. Get a little cheaper brand. And we got Devontae Smith. He's this Rectech pellet grill, right? I can get him. May cost me a little less. I'm not paying the mm -hmm. name value, but a very, very damn good. It may even be a better pellet grill <laughs> than the name brand Traeger. Okay. So I'm at this crossroads and I have to be honest with you, Lopes, because I, I, I told my patrons, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I will always keep it real. I will always keep it real. I flip flop two names in my rankings, Lopes. Oh, Ray. What are, you, what, what are you about to tell me? What are you about to tell me here? I flip-flopped two names in my rankings. What are you about to tell me here? If you look at my rankings, the number one non-quarterback position, super flex or single quarterback, is Najee Harris, okay? He's number oh one. Oh, my goodness. I thought this was a Jamar Chase. I thought you were going somewhere with Jamar Chase. Najee Harris, but Harris has been one. At okay. two, my highest-ranked wide receiver in the 2021 NFL draft class, I have flip-flopped Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase. It is happening. Ray, man, Ray, you you didn't even you didn't even prep me pre-show about this. This is a this is a this, this is, is, a, this this is, is some no sort prep. of a this is no prep. You and I, as we tend to do, the the show sheets have have found themselves <laughs> somewhere else. You and I don't we don't we don't really believe in those anymore. You know, it's a it's a quick text back and forth. It's a hey, we're gonna record tonight. This is what I'm thinking. No problem. Uh, but you did not make mention of of a wide receiver uh, evaluation or reevaluation, as it were. So, Ray, man, this is um I, again, I really don't think it's that big, given how close they've been all along. But yeah, we've talked plenty of episodes here, bro. We've talked. You know, I've I've been the quote unquote Jamar Chase guy. You've been the quote unquote Devonta Smith guy. What I, I I gotta ask? I gotta ask the question. What was the 
I don't want to say final straw. That that sounds dramatic. But what was the what was the what was the reasoning here, man? I gotta know. I gotta know. It's the simple fact that let me just say this: if you look at the rankings, all right, they are both they both have a number two by their names. Okay, okay. I do believe that both these two wide receivers are the for me they are mm-hmm. cut above the rest. Okay, mm-hmm. they are cut above the rest. I think. At this point, I think we're all comfortable leaning on the production of Devonta Smith, not just from this past season, but his junior season as well. Um, you know, talking to our boy Eric Crocker, you know, he made a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he didn't produce early, but damn it, like it, it wasn't like he wasn't on the field. If he were at New Mexico State and couldn't get on the field till his junior season, then I should be concerned. Probably be a different he played his freshman season with Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. Jalen Waddle. I mean, his freshman season, Calvin Ridley was there for Christ's sake. I mean, mm-hmm. he he's played with five first round wide receivers, and it wasn't like he was non existent for the first two years of his career. But the deciding factor that that made me say, you know what, this isn't about me. This is about the people who pay for the service. Jamar Chase tested, man. Like, and whether it's pro day, whether it was a combine, he went out there. For all of the, which I never agreed with, uh, criticism about him being unathletic, I'd Mm -hmm. love for you Mm -hmm. to dive into that in a second, but he went out there and put it on the line, man. He weighed in lower than expected, was right at six foot, uh, but he did everything, right? Three cone, short shuttle, 40-yard dash, bench press, vertical jump, broad jump. He went out there and tested, man, and for that, as a player, I respect it. Like, I, I know I said... Uh, Devonta Smith, bravo for him not testing, and I still think that was the right move. Mm-hmm. Nothing good was about to come out of it, but the fact that yeah. Chase tested and tested, and I'll be honest, a bit faster. I made a projection. I thought he was going to be a low four four guy, and mm-hmm. you know, I, the the LSU hand time may have been cooked a little bit, but damn it, if we're just comparing what he did to what he did against his teammates, he ran a four three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just have to give him the slight edge over the slim yep. reaper, but trust and believe when I say I will have tons and tons of Devonte Smith, <laughs> I'm going to have tons and tons of Devonte Smith, but just your thoughts on chase. Yeah. His in his pro day, let's just focus on yeah. Jamar chase, his pro day, because I know you had words with the people on the timeline about the <laughs> unathletic, uh, the unathletic narrative surrounding Jamar chase. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, a, a couple things, you know, I, this is you and I, man. It goes back to just how we connect and and why you and I get along so well. Is we we're obviously very passionate about this shit. We just enjoy football, and we we share our opinions uh, on here on the timeline, very various different mediums. You know, we're very outspoken about the players we like, we don't like, um, and we have fun with it. And we go back and forth with each other. I go back and forth with my following. You go back and forth with your following. It is it is all fun. End of the day, uh, when I say I'm surprised that you you made a change or whatever like that, this goes back to multiple episodes ago where you and I talked about being transparent. We talked about um, you know having the the right state of mind to admit when you're not wrong, but just having the ability to to go back and respect the fluidity of rankings. Uh, that's what this process is. There's nothing, you know, from the moment leads up to the draft and all the work prior, like everything is so fluid and we have to pay respects to pro days, even though they probably all have asterisks on them, given the missed season, given the lack of the combine and all that. But end of the day, um, you stepping up and, and, and making that switch, just like for myself, man, God forbid, Kyle, if Kyle Pitts flops, like I've said and done some things related to Kyle Pitts, like I, my, I am way out over my skis and I'm fully willing and able to own up to anything that, that may or may not come, come from that. But uh, end of the day, I think you're doing the right thing. Um, just like my, my rankings, when, when they change, you know, I initially start off with, with Devonta Smith a good bit lower than where I currently have him now. And it's because talking to people like you, Croc, there's tons of really educated, uh, sharp football minds out that people need to be, be, be really mindful of that. Um, and so I say, you know, hats off to you, anybody else that's going about their process the right way, um, as we all should. Uh, going back to Jamar Chase, uh, I I haven't heard a ton about Devonta Smith's unathleticism. I'm sure there's some ridiculous people out there that have made that. But for Jamar Chase, man, there was tons of, of people that were coming at him from a, uh, man, I, I know he's productive. I know he's this. I know he's that. I don't know if he's athletic enough. And then what does he do, man? He shows up. 
you and I spent time talking about him. He looked cut up at Exos. He looked like he was living in the gym and doing things the right way. And what does he do? He shows up, vertical jumps there. The 40 time you just talked about is there. He, it turns out he's pretty athletic. So I don't know, you know, probably, probably parallels well to these people that are, you know, Devontae Smith detractors, whatever like that. I guess it comes down to if you don't like a player, you're going to these mental gymnastics. You're going to talk yourself into whatever phony, ridiculous bullshit narrative you want to back up your position. The unathletic talk about Jamar Chase from the jump. I can't imagine those people believed it. If anyone was spinning those same lies about Devonta Smith, I can't imagine they believed it. Um, and I, I was happy to see you know Chase go out there and really hopefully silence those people and make them go back and do a little bit of rework because that that stance, man, especially for people that have a platform, that have a following, that do this stuff for a living or part, whatever it might be, if you're sharing rankings out there, and you're pushing Jamar Chase down due to his unathletic, you know, you're not you're not inspired by his athleticism, man. You just gotta you, you gotta throw that crumple that piece of paper away and start all over and and apologize to your followers, you know. Yeah, I, I'm convinced that anybody who says that Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith are unathletic truly have no clue what the fuck that even means. Yeah. They have yeah, no concept of what in athleticism is they have no that part of reason or logic is absent from their mental thought process <laughs> for anyone to think that those players are unathletic you don't go yeah. out there and break sec records with the fluidity that those two do the body control the speed the uh, run after catch ability the body control that those two have and not be athletic that's just that's that's just dumb and it's silly and it's and it's 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 borderline reckless to tell people that it's yeah it's borderline it's irresponsible reckless. if yeah, it's, it's irresponsible sure. if you want to yeah. say that jamar chase is handsy off the line of scrimmage that he's physical that he he invites contact a little too much with the defense there are legitimate criticisms then and there are legitimate fine. criticisms if yeah. you want to say devonta smith rarely breaks tackles on first hit because of his size and his frame that's fine but to insinuate that either of those two guys were unathletic is you really don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I saw the same thing happen with Kyle Pitts. I posted that 40 yard dash time a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yeah, so I had oh, a little fun boy, with that. Boy, the you comments. Had a little fun with that. <laughs> oh, that doesn't look fast. He looks slow. Then the narrative yeah. came out about him being a little slow. I remember that that floated on the timeline for a few hours that he's heavy footed. Um, people just coming up with things, right? Heavy-footed, yeah. slow, doesn't look that fast. I would bet that's a 4.8. And then he goes out to the Florida Pro Day and drops a 4.4. With the longest or widest wingspan in NFL history, um, you know, Kyle Pitts, dude. He, and I went back through and tagged everybody who talked shit and said 4.4. Uh, four, yeah, four, you had four. some fun with that. I love four, seeing four, that. Four. I love four, seeing four, that. 4.4. Four. At this point, at this point, for me personally, whether it's single quarterback, whether it's super flex, if it's super flex, Fields Lawrence, maybe Lance, Agreed. Fields Lawrence Lance, yep. okay, Fields Lawrence Lance, Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, for me, Devonta Smith, but Kyle Pitts. Like, there's nobody outside of Chase – Harris in single quarterback leagues I want over Kyle Pitts, man. Like, honestly, yeah. like there's nobody yeah. I'd want. And I'm not even talking about tight end premium. I'm just talking about regular PPR. There's yeah, nobody absolutely. outside of Najee. And then, you know, the the conversation between the two wide receivers from me, Smith, Chase, that I'd want outside of Kyle Pitts. I just truly believe, and I've I've been on the Kyle Pitts train for two fucking years. Check the receipts. <laughs> I believe that he's going to be the tight end one in Dynasty very, very soon, and potentially that, as man. early as 2022. I've got him at tight end that. four right now. But listen, and, and, and some people are trying to knock him because, you know, we're saying how athletic he is, and they're like, oh, my God, we had Vernon Davis. He was more athletic. Fine. There goes your <laughs> one tight end. Who's more athletic than Kyle Pitts? Vernon Davis, who is an absolute monster. Okay, yeah. absolute monster. But 
I mean, this this should solidify him. Just, I mean, it, it, he's got to be top five across the board in rookie drafts now, right? At least. Yeah, and for sure. And I think it's a perfect storm of. And you and I led up to it a little bit um, for these for these past couple of weeks. And I know you've you've talked about it probably more so on the timeline and, and on other pods. But just just how much this class is probably deflated as a whole. I still like the wideouts, but the running backs, majority of them have kind of disappointed. Um, you're left with a bunch of holes there. So naturally, one would think that talents like Kyle Pitts, Pitts uh, no matter what format you're playing, should get uh, you know pushed up the board. If you're not looking to trade out, may move that that wise. You know, you you want to land amongst the guys like Kyle Pitts, where there's a little more confidence. Um, and going back to the, to the Vernon Davis parallel and stuff, Marcus Mosher posted today that, that we haven't seen a tight end like Kyle Pitts uh, ever. And that's that's probably a bit uh, hyperbole there because you you have to go back to, to, to 2006 to see Vernon Davis and that's that's a long time ago uh, for for our, for our purposes here Noah Fant to me was was probably close in that realm as well production wise athleticism um, so you could probably make an argument for him as well but the point being uh, as you've laid out is Kyle Pitts is rare in that sense and that's kind of been where I've hung my hat the entire time is that I un- I, I understand I respect the tight end position the the history of transition all that stuff at the end of the day i'm i'm still comfortable uh throwing the dart or clicking the button on a kyle pitts on any special player given that special player talent you know what kyle pitts does is special is transcendent um you know the generational tag gets thrown out a lot you know kyle pitts it's it's cliche for a lot of people, and they like to they like to skirt away from that because of that. But Kyle Pitts has a chance to do all that given his profile, given his body of work. So, um, yeah, man, I, I have a hard time seeing him anywhere outside the top five in the in these rookie picks for me. Uh, the the top two quarterbacks, I like Chase at three, and then Kyle Pitts has always kind of been my three four. I'm very comfortable with him at three or four. Um, if you got him at five with with Najee in the mix too, beautiful. I'm I'm totally fine with that as well, but. If you have Pitt slipping anywhere outside the top five, man, gobble him up. That is that is some supreme value right there for sure. Yeah, and I and again, I understand that it normally takes you know tight ends a thousand years to produce. I get it, <laughs> but it also the narrative was rookie wide receivers don't do anything. And we look across the board. Judy's got eight hundred yards. You know, Ayuk balled out. Pittman's balling yeah, out. Some good ones. Uh, yeah, Lamb balled out, and then of course. You know, Mr. 4TD, you know, El Jefe himself, Justin Jefferson, did his <laughs> thing, right? So I just think that some of these old, and, and, and Rebar kind of talked about it, Rich Rebar, man, kind of, we, we mm-hmm. kind of talked about it um, on the on the timeline, man. I just, the NFL is slowly changing, man. And it I is. just think it a is. lot of things that, that, that were sort of the standard in the past may not be applicable five years from now. So it's kind of getting ahead of some of these situations, man. And, you know, another player who I've been ahead of this entire time looks like the smoke is there. There's a lot of smoke. It is, it is, it ain't even smoldering, bro. This bitch is Snoop Dogg, uh, 420, up in smoke yeah. tour. In the room. <laughs> Snoop, Wiz Khalifa. Uh, yeah, they're know, all there together. They're, they're, they're together. Mac Jones at three to San Francisco. Crazy. Your boy. Listen, I didn't foresee that happening, but mm-hmm. here we are. And. Yeah. What I've told people on three separate shows, on the on my patrons only show, mm-hmm. on the Destination Debbie show that will be out on Monday, mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking matter what you think about a player. It really doesn't. The NFL yeah. is going to tell us everything that they believe about said player. And that opinion that the league makes of said player is more valuable than every single fantasy analyst's opinion about that player combined. And here's Mm -hmm. what I mean. I don't care if you don't think Mac Jones is that good. Or, now the narrative is, well, I actually do think he's good. I just don't think that they should have given up that much draft capital to move up. Well, you know what? It doesn't fucking matter what you believe. (laughs) It doesn't matter that you don't think they should have given up all those draft picks in order to move up to pick back Jones if that is in fact the selection. It doesn't matter. If he goes there, that's what matters. 
Not that you didn't like the move. I don't like the move. I, I wouldn't have done that. So therefore, I'm not going to take Mac Jones. That'd be foolish. That'd be foolish because the narrative around Kyle Shanahan is whatever quarterback lands in that system is going to eat, is going to cook. So now you yeah. get one of the most efficient throwers in college football history coming off of an All-American season, coming off of a national championship, coming off of replacing Tua Tungabailoa and looking outstanding doing it. If he, in fact, is the pick for the San Francisco 49ers and you pass on him because you didn't like the fact that they gave up those draft picks, how damn dumb does that sound? <laughs> like, honestly, just what I don't like that they gave up those picks, so I'm not going to take that player. I'm going to take uh, <laughs> Kadarius Tony. I'm going to let Mac Jones fall to the second round of Superflex rookie drafts. You're... It's just dumb, and we saw this Lopes happen with Daniel Jones. We yep. didn't like the fact that the Giants took Daniel yep. Jones at three. Therefore, Daniel Jones fell to the third round in Superflex super rookie drafts that year, and whatever team drafted Daniel Jones in the third immediately won that deal because now you've got a starting quarterback for four years for a third-round rookie pick because the community didn't like the pick. Yeah. It's just dumb, man. My yeah, it, and it goes, you and I talked about being transparent, being honest, being fluid, respecting the process. And this is a perfect example of if Mac Jones lands in a San Francisco offense coached by Kid Shanahan, you have to adjust or suffer the consequences. Um, if you are so stuck on your your hill that you're willing to die on that, you know, you don't like Mac Jones, the, the compensation talk, talking yourself off of that. That's just that's just stupidity. If you're baking that all in and you're going to and you're going to opt for a different a different path based on that, that's just poor process uh, that that's failing to adjust. And that's just, you know, you 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 aren't to me, that signals that you're you're not very serious in, in, in winning. Um, and, and I, I say all that to say, my guy, Jake Rickrow came back at clutch fantasy. One of the better dynasty players that, that, that I've talked to, uh, during my time, uh, on, on the old bird app and Jake's, Jake's been taking a bit of a break, you know, much like you and I, Ray, he's just the timeline sometimes gets, gets to be too much. There's too much back and forth. It's just, it's just best to unplug. Jake came back. I said, Jake, for old time's sake, man, give me, give me one 2021 rookie take right now. What do you got for me? And he said, I'm chasing whatever quarterback lands in a Kyle Shanahan offense. And it ties in perfectly with what you just said. You know, you want to hit on that player. Um, and if that's Mac Jones, if that's who Kyle Shanahan who has tabbed to lead his offense, that's going to be a pretty valuable asset. And just because you don't, your process, your evaluation doesn't like him. The NFL, Kyle Shanahan, NFL head coach is telling you what he thinks of him. He's invested heavily. You should probably follow suit. I want to say all that, Ray, to, to ask you a question. How, so as the rankings start to crystallize here, you know, you and I have, we've seen enough, talked enough, done enough. Things are starting to come into focus, wide receiver wise, running back wise, quarterback wise, et cetera. How is that gap like what what was that gap for you between Mac Jones and say a Justin Fields? Do you think Kyle Shanahan taken a Jones over Fields? Is that as egregious as the timelines making it seem at some point? Like, is that like a quarterback two A two B for you? Like, how how close have things gotten and where kind of will things settle? So the good thing about me is I have not been out ahead of my skis with this Mac Jones thing all the while. All I've said from day one is Mac Jones is going to be a first-round pick. That's all I've he said. He can play. Yeah, he can play. I said he can play. I just said I, I, I think he's better than Zach Wilson, and I don't believe he has the ceiling of any of the five, four quarterbacks, but I think he's a better quarterback right now than Zach Wilson. He's still my quarterback four. That's the, the, mm -hmm. as high, the I've had him as high as QB three, and I adjusted that back in January. He's QB4. So even mm. with him landing in San Francisco, I still would want Lawrence. I still mm. want Fields. I still want Trey Lance. But it just makes me feel really good about my quarterback four in Mac Jones. And I'm not telling people if he lands in San Francisco to spend a top six pick on Mac Jones in rookie drafts. I don't think you have to, at least right now. He's yeah. going early second round in super flex draft. I'm saying if you're sitting there at the 202 and the choices between Mac Jones and Amon Ross St. Brown, fucking draft Mac Jones. If it's between <laughs> Mac Jones and Kenny Gainwell, draft Mac Jones. 
he's going to be a starting quarterback as a top 10 pick. I still want Fields. So to answer your question, I guess the gap is pretty far, Lopes, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, for me, is closer to quarterback one than he is quarterback Love. three, okay? Makes so yeah, I still sense. don't – I'm not taking Lance over Fields or mm-hmm. I'm not taking Jones over Fields, Lance, or Lawrence. But he's just comfortably as QB4. And, you know, now the narrative, again, is not even that Mac Jones is bad. It's just I don't think they should have given up that much. Like, it doesn't fu- – yeah. it really doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what yeah, you think, man. Yeah. It doesn't. Now, I, I, I asked you this before we started the show. If you had seen mm. the Zach Wilson tweets, did you see the tweet and deletes <laughs> by Zach I, Wilson? Uh, yeah, and and I I did see the con. I saw the fallout. I guess I should say I I I saw um I saw some folks responding to it to to talking about it. I by the time that I got there, by the time I I arrived on scene, bro, they were they had been they've been scrubbed. Uh, Zach Zach Wilson got to him. He scrubbed him. Yeah, Zach Zach had some little immaturity, right? Little okay. Kellen Mon Kellen Mon was doing the rollout toss. Justin Field Fields did the rollout pro day throw, and Wilson quote tweets it and he's like laughing you know seen that before or oh everybody wants to do this now just a little just a little just a little immature and I, i saw my first finally reality tweet regarding one zach wilson because up to this point it had just been the second coming as we are we were live here on resurrection sunday uh, the second coming of Jesus himself was supposed to be Mac Jones. That's all I heard. But the athletic uh, uh, win, Ted Wynn of the athletic, all right? Mm-hmm. He tweeted something out yesterday, said there's more of a boom bust factor with Zach, BYU Zach Wilson than he had expected before analyzing the prospects game tape. Okay. A couple of things about this. So... <laughs> You formulated your draft opinion on a player without looking at it to me that just seems wrong, right? Like you, you, it, more of a boom best factor than he had expected before analyzing the prospects game tape. Maybe he just hadn't gotten to it. I don't know. But the tweet goes on to say, or the, the, the post, the blurb says, he credited Wilson for making quick reads, delivering throws not many pro quarterbacks could make, but pointed out Wilson's poor footwork. An over-aggressive approach. Wilson's inconsistent footwork led to many off-target throws in his final season at BYU, even against weak competition. Wynn said the NFL, in the NFL, Wilson might not have the clean pocket he had much of his 2020 season behind one of the nation's top offensive lines. He called Wilson a project and said the teams, the team drafts him will have to be patient and comfortable in his ability to develop. A willingness to sit Wilson during his rookie campaign, Wynn said, could aid his development as a passer. Whoever mm-hmm. ends up taking a chance on Wilson likely won't be in a position to give the QB a redshirt season. So this is the first, but this is what I've been saying about Wilson all the time. Listen, at some point, y'all are going to listen to old GQ. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to hit and be right about every potential fantasy asset. But when it comes to talent, and just looking at players and being like, that dude can fucking play. He's going to be a player on Sunday. Y'all going to listen to me, man. At some point, y'all going to listen to old GQ. Come for the trigger talk, but stay for the prospect talk. You know what I mean? All I've, all <laughs> I've been saying this whole time is he isn't as sure thing as everybody wants to make it seem. He's got the arm talent. I've never denied that. He should be a first-round pick. I've never denied that. Agree. I just see I see a kid running and on player profiler, playerprofiler.com right now. Do you know who Zach Wilson's best comparable player is? I I haven't checked it out, but I, well, I you check you go you go look Let's and see. I'll okay. continue okay. to talk. All okay. I've said is he does a lot of things that I don't think he'd be able to get away with in the NFL. I don't. I there's a lot all those cool throws and running one yeah. side and throwing it. Listen, I know Mahomes does it. I know Aaron Rodgers can do it. Listen, if he goes to the Jets and is asked to lead that team to the promised land from day one, I just don't know how it's any better than what Sammy Darnold did. And uh, can yeah. you tell the people what that comp is? I, I feel like it's deja vu, Ray. I, I was on this show. I think it was with you uh, a week or two ago, and I I made the Johnny Manziel comparison. And you and you you rolled you rolled your eyes back at me and said, Ryan, this is this is this is not a good thing, brother. This is not a good thing. And uh, playerprofiler.com. Uh, Johnny Manziel comparison for Zach Wilson. Uh, it, I, don't know I, how, I guess I, I'm, I'm going to say I, I willed that one into existence or something like that. All I'm saying is pump the brakes 
and let's see. I I have more confidence right now in Fields, yeah. in Lawrence, in Matt Jones, and in Trey Lance. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Pump the brakes, and, but if you're in yeah. leagues with me, draft them high so you can push <laughs> value down. I think you and I started our this this season in the breakout final. We we spoke about quarterbacks a lot, and really not much has changed for myself. I don't think much has really changed for you. We were as is consensus. It's it's a Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields class. That is your top two. If you want to flip flop them, great. I'm not arguing with anybody. Um, I do have Lawrence at the top. I do have Fields as two, um, and I think where we've landed now, um, as the consensus has as a, as the offseason has moved on here. Um, whether you have Jones, uh, you know Trey Lance or Zach Wilson in that three chair, I think the story is after one and two, there is a tier. Whether you are a Trey Lance QB three guy, whether you are a Zach Wilson three, QB three guy, I personally have Lance there, but there is a tier after the top two players. There is a tier. Yeah. After QB three, and maybe you want to jumble them together, QB three through five, but but there is a big gap after after Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence there at one and two. Um, and I'm, I'm okay with, with, with Lance at three, and I'm okay even giving another gap after that before the unknowns that you spoke about with Zach Wilson. The ceiling's there. The, the big-time throws are there. You know, those are those are special throws, but there are question marks. And whether it's off-the-field stuff, does, does Zach Wilson think he's the only quarterback to go to a pro day with a scripted with a scripted pro day? I, I don't know what he was trying to reach at with that with, with those nonsensical tweets. Probably why he deleted them or thought better of it after that. But, uh, it, it, yeah, whether exactly. it's – whether it's character stuff, man, or whether it's just like you said, a lot of stuff on the field, um, as far as just the inconsistencies or the question marks. I mean, you get a Johnny Manziel comparison. Unfortunately, I, I hope things don't fizzle out like that for Zach Wilson. Um, but this class, though, bro, is we're going to see, and you you were on it early. We are going to see a lot of quarterbacks go very early. It is a talented class in that sense. So for fantasy drafters, for dynasty managers here. Um, you know, these super flex type formats, these super flex leagues, you're going to see a lot of these guys get pushed up the board. Um, and it really is buyer beware for a lot of these guys outside. If you're not Justin, you know, Justin Fields or, or, or Trevor Lawrence there, man, there are, you know, there are concerns. But someone for like someone like Mac Jones landed in San Francisco, you know, you, you have to feel a lot better about that uh, versus, you know, talking yourself into a Zach Wilson, especially if it's a Zach Wilson, New York Jets connection or wh- whatever else is out there, you know. Yeah, man, and I, I think I think two of these quarterbacks are going to hit great situations, right? Trevor Lawrence, that's a good situation with the college quarterback. I, I'm not even – college head coach. I'm not even really – Trevor Lawrence is – yeah, he's good. I like Jacksonville. I like what they've done. But the San Francisco landing spot is going to be prime, and we're assuming yeah, it's I Mac like Jones based on the smoke, but it could very well be Justin Fields. It could be Trey Lance. It could be – you never know. It could be Zach Wilson. What if the Jets go Penny Sewell? You just don't know. What you know? You don't. You yep. never know, right? I also think the Carolina Panthers are going to be a home run fucking spot too. Whether that's Lance, yep. Fields. Oh my God! Can you imagine Fields in the number one jersey back in Carolina? Bring it with, back, bro. Bring it back with, with DJ Moore, with Christian McCaffrey, with Robbie. I mean, wheels up, like yeah. for Fields. Bring it back. Can you imagine Mac Jones being able to deliver the ball to DJ Moore and getting it out to to using DJ Moore and Robbie like he used Devontae and Waddle, using Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield like he did with uh, Najee Harris, having a college quarterback that had Joe Burrow, and there's a lot of comparisons of Mac Jones to Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think the Panthers and the 49ers are the premier spots in the round one. Detroit, I don't know. I have no feel on that situation right now from the quarterback position. I mean, golf is probably going to start at least this season, but I mean, who who do they have right now? No Galladay, no Marvin team Jones. Influx. It's a team influx in, I that, mean, in that sense for sure. I'm scared that like Trey Lance goes to Detroit. Uh, you know, Denver. I guess they have weapons offensively. They got Albert O, Noah Fant, Judy Sutton. Just I don't know Vic Vangio. I just don't know about Denver. So I think Panthers and the 49ers are the sweet spots, and that may shift some things around with quarterbacks three through five in everyone's rankings because for the yeah. most part one and two are Fields and Lawrence. Now I want to talk about Shoddy B. Our guy Rashad Bateman. Shoddy yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. Player. I'm player. Player. At, player. I'm looking at Shoddy B on Player Profiler. Mm-hmm. And if you if he didn't have early production 
and I'm just looking at his metrics bars. I mean, 72nd percentile 40 yard dash score, 46th percentile mm-hmm. speed score, mm-hmm. 58th percentile burst score, 41st mm-hmm. percentile agility score, 56th percentile catch radius, uh, uh, six foot. 190. He was li- he was listed at 210. The man himself, out of his own mouth, said, "I've never been over 200 pounds." Um, you know, I like Shotty B. He was good. He was balled out in Minnesota, man. This is this again. Looking at this profile, his athletic profile, is why I feel good about being a film guy because I saw him do it enough in the Big Ten. Where honestly, yeah. loves I don't care, man. I don't care. Yeah. Shotty B can play. He can play. I think the only thing that happened here with me, and I, I still have men at two, but I think the only thing that happened here with me is that the gap between two and three became that much smaller or almost non-existent at this point. And that's not a knock on Rashad Bateman. That's just a, a, a tip of the cap to just, again, how talented I think a lot of these prospects are in this wide receiver class, especially in the top five. Um, now, I'm glad you brought up the interview with Rashad Bateman at his pro day because – Anyone that's doubling back and changing rankings around after the player himself, the player that produced in the offense and put up the numbers, put up the early breakout, put up the dominator, put up all these, you know, all these stats that we like and gravitate towards. He came out himself and said, I, I wasn't 200 pounds. I did what you guys saw and loved at 190. I did it a lot. I did it really well uh, all the way up to this point. That was, that was the case. So we, you know, it just goes back to, these school websites, man. And and you have yeah. to take these heights and weights prior to the pro days and combine, whatever it is, you have to take them with a grain of salt, as a lot of us do. And if you're baking that into your evaluation early, early on, or or, or hoping for them to hit, you're, you're really setting yourself up for failure. Um, because these school websites, man, as we've talked about before, many have talked about it before. They're super generous, height and weight. They're just they're gonna they're gonna give you two inches. They're gonna give you fifteen pounds. It's just what they do. I don't know why. That's just what they do. You know, they want to make you seem bigger and faster. I guess I get that. Uh, but man, Rashad Bateman, like you said, nothing really should change for you. The film should hopefully speak for itself. The breakout age on PlayerProfile.com, he's 80, 85th percentile or above, dominator rating, breakout age, all that stuff, man. He he checks those boxes still. Would we have liked him to be closer to that two ten, two fifteen, a la Allen Robinson? Of course, absolutely. But like you said, the film is there. We have a player saying that the film is there at the weight that I'm telling you I was at. I'm good. Don't worry about it. I'm good. Yeah, man. And a player, listen, took a lot of heat. And I talked about him on the Future Cast show because at that time I thought he was going to be a late second round pick and he's kind of propelled himself up. But Kadarius Tony had a day. And when you look at his numbers and his, his workout metrics side by side with Bateman, they're the same size. Bateman is six foot, Tony 5'11". Bateman 190, Tony 193, but 86 percentile speeds, 40-yard dash score right around the same. 60-second percentile speed score, Tony's got the edge. 96th percentile burst score, Tony blows him out of the water. 64th percentile agility score, much better than Bateman, and his catch radius is higher, which, I mean, listen, anybody who's seen Kadarius Tony play, you should know he's bursty and quick. That's what he does well. Um, you know, I know he takes a lot of crap because he didn't produce, um, until late, but there's a show, Lopes, uh, Shannon Sharp of, uh, show with, uh, Skip Bayless on, uh, Fox Sports, right? Yeah, yeah. He had, he had Alvin Kamara on his, uh, latest podcast, Club Shay Shay, Alvin Kamara, AK-41. First of all, Kamara is just an awesome guest, dude. Like, he's just, I really like that dude. He's a sharp dude. But yeah. kind of talked about his struggles early on at college and why he wasn't able to produce early at Alabama and why he had to transfer. And, you know, it had nothing to do with Kamara's skill set, man. The dude said, when I left really high school, talented. I wanted to go to the best. I was a four or five-star guy. I want to go play with other four or five-star recruits. He says he goes in the running back room day one at Alabama, and he's got Kenyon Drake, TJ Yeldon, Alti Tenpenny, D. Hart, Derrick Henry, Tyron. He's got all these running backs around him. And Stack. and Kamara said Stack. out of his mouth, he said he looked around and he looked at his boy and said, What the hell am I doing here? Like what are, yeah. what are, what am, what am I why am I here? Like mm-hmm. I like I'm a pit bull, but these are pit bulls as well. And some of these pit bulls bark louder than me. This is Kamara, like mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. years in the league, 
four Pro Bowls, two times All-Pro, one of the best decent backs in player. the league. Decent player. Yeah, and decent player. And he, <laughs> he was legit like, dude, I wasn't going to fucking play. I had gotten hurt. I had immaturity issues. I had to transfer, go to JUCO. Yeah. Like, not everybody can produce early. That doesn't mean you fucking suck, all right? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to debate against data. I'm not doing any of that. All I'm saying is, like, that's not how the game works, Okay. If Michael Jordan sucked and he got cut from his varsity team and never never tried again because well I didn't play early like I'm, I'm I stink like it just doesn't work like that man some guys have to grow and mature and could and in Kadarius Tony's case he came out of high school a quarterback they didn't know what the hell to do with him early on he was a quarterback yeah. that was transitioning to try to learn receiver running back Percy Harvin type role all I'm saying is don't have such take lock too forego a Kadarius Tony if this dude is picked in the first round because there's a real possibility yeah. that Kadarius yeah. Tony's drafted ahead of Ronda Moore ahead of Rashad Bateman ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown like there's a real I possibility agree. this dude's a first round pick and if you bypass him for some rando because you don't like Kadarius Tony you're just doing it wrong man if he's picked in the first round by the green bay packers yeah. you're telling me i don't want a piece of that on my yeah. dynasty roster i will take it please thank you exactly and the name of the show adjust 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 be smart be honest be transparent and this is a player that i myself have been down on for a lot of the reasons you outlined the lack of production the just the unknowns the late breakout the age all this stuff we get all that but end of the day for a while now this goes this predates his testing which was there the testing is an important box that got checked with tony um but even even prior to that when you saw all these big uh, big big draft guys early on when they put out their mock 1.0 months ago you saw tony in the first round or very very close to it you have all these 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 media guys you know the, the daniel jeremiah's of the world or whatever dame brugler these guys that are we assume dialed into what league circles are talking about what what scouting rooms are talking about and they are raising the flag for us saying hey Whatever you in fantasy circles might may or may not think about Kadarius Tony, we're telling you right now the NFL likes Kadarius Tony. The NFL is going to value him and take him high. You should adjust. You should be wise and you should adjust as well. And I'm I'm in that boat myself. This is a player that wasn't isn't a top ten wide receiver for me. But as you said, when landing spot when all that stuff crystallizes, when he goes top thirty two or very close to, and when he lands in a favorable situation, you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't you know, reevaluating and adjusting off this. Now I'm not sitting here telling you to, to rank Tony as the wide receiver one or two or three because of that, but just be mindful. As you said, you know, you have to, if, if, if you have a league mate that is so stuck on his age or lack of production that he's going to let him fall two, three, four, six slots too late, gobble that up, man. We're all about value here. You know, we, we're never going to tell you not to, not to, not to, not to select a player at value or anything like that. So Tony, man, in, in certain league circles, he can certainly, you know, live up to that. If, if you have players that, like you said, take lock and, and just that, and just that bias eating in. So definitely be mindful of that because I think, I think Ray, I think we're a top 32 selection out, out of Katerius, Tony. I think there's a real possibility, Lopes, that that dude is picked in the first round. And if he is, people are going to have decisions to make brother. Now, mm -hmm. Before we get out of here, mm -hmm. this running back class, Lopes, this running back class is looking Man. worse and worse, brother. It's looking worse and worse. Um, we uh, hold on, I got music playing right now off the <laughs> off the old iPhone. Hold on. Yeah, I, I thought you were about to about to start uh, that, start giving that, me like a big speech or, or something like that. Some some, some <laughs> intro music or something. Hold on, hold on. Now my hold on. Now my mic. Hold on. This is this is real shit, man. This is real stuff. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. What? I was Wait. hearing something. I was like, man, I hope that's not my end. I don't. I, don't, I didn't on. touch anything open. <laughs> Josh Larkey is playing. On my like, Larky was playing. Yo, he's shit. listening in, man. <laughs> but listen, the running back class, um, dude, Chuba Hubbard, Jamar Jefferson failed us. I mean, yeah. What what are, what are we doing with this running back class? And I know our boy Cody Carpentier loves him some Jamar Jefferson, man. He was man. ready to ready to man. let loose on on you and I, man. For man. For, we almost crossed the line there, but we we were very close to crossing the Jamar Jefferson <laughs> line. But you know he comes in smaller and a little less athletic than maybe we wanted him to be. 
Chuba Hubbard, 4-3 to 4-5. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you ask, if Lopes, and keep it real, if I asked you, if I asked you at the start of this, you've got one guess for a billion dollars. <laughs> a billion, not even a million, Lopes, a billion yeah, dollars. The beat. You got to keep beat. it real. The beat. Which running back, and I'm going to make it super fucking easy for you, which running back cracks sub 4-4 four, four in the 40? Elijah Mitchell or Travis Etienne? It would have been it would have been an ETN home run, man. I would I would have said, "Here's my checking info. Just just slide the money there. All <laughs> all good, all good. We're done." Elijah Mitchell faster than Chuba, faster than than ETN, faster yeah. than Javante, yeah. faster than Kenneth Gainwell. Fa- yeah. Elijah Mitchell is the one that runs the four three. It, what are we a, doing with uh, this class, Lopes? <laughs> it, Again, this is why we like to play and ride in these Debbie circles. You know what I mean? We get we get a real good sense of these classes from the jump as these recruiting classes come in. And and all the while for multiple years now, we've sat here and said 2020, 2021 probably doesn't look very promising running back wise. And turns out that's that's really just how it is. And I, I've sat on this show and, and other shows and on the timeline, and I've tried to talk myself into these these mid-round players you know I, I was i was happy to grab the michael carters the 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 jv and hawkins man hawkins is someone that was super athletic out of high school and the numbers at the pro day maybe it was just an off day for him man i don't know maybe he was hurt a little bit i don't know but but guys like him and, and hubbard who we knew was a was a track was a track star he was a speedster um you know these are players that i was excited i was excited about too however one could be excited for middle round players like that but i was ready to talk myself into it and uh, it turns out we didn't really get any of those darts to stick. Um, again, the Hawkins, all these guys more or less flopped if we're being polite. Uh, it the, turns out the class is really as top heavy as we thought. It, it is a it is a top it is a big two, arguably a big three if you if you think highly of of Javonta Williams, of course. Um, but outside of that, bro, it is looking it's looking pretty barren. And uh, and and I was talking to Nate about it a couple of days ago. The fact of the matter is, you don't you don't have to select these guys. Everyone there doesn't have to be a hit in these classes. We, we've seen plenty of running back classes. You can scroll through the Breakout Finder app, scroll through these classes. We know that there's, you know, these these classes do flop a, 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 as holes. We've seen some really bad running back classes, and end of the day, this could just be another one of those classes. And if you are able to trade down and and, and buy step one of these landmines, absolutely do it because this class has a lot has a lot more questions left unanswered after these pro days. Yeah, man, and I honestly think it's a, um, I think it's a big one. I think it's Najee Harris in a tier You're of probably, his own, yeah. Yeah. and then uh, I won't argue that at all. Argue about Travis Etienne and Javonta Williams. I lean to the Etienne side just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Williams coming in sub two twenty really was concerning because he's a big back. He's big. He looked physical. bigger. He looked bigger. Yeah. Th- there was no way I thought he was coming in sub two twenty. I thought he was shit. I thought we were going to get like 224, 225 running a 4-5. It yeah. might have been like, oh my I wouldn't God. Uh, I think it's a big one. I believe it's Najee Harris, and it goes back to the to the lead of the show. For me, and we'll leave Superflex out of it, there are only four players that I feel that I truly believe, and I know Matt Kelly and Nate hate Devontae Smith. They they I know they don't like him. They, they come Can't up. hard. They do all kinds of gymnastics to explain away the production. Kelly, I love you, but to insinuate that Devonta Smith shouldn't even be a first-round pick, stop it. I know that's shock factor. That's You don't believe that. No one believes that. As Jay-Z said, we need more people. We don't believe it. <laughs> like, don't do that, Kelly. Um, I, I know that they don't like Smith because he cowardly chickened out of the testing and he didn't have, you know, he, he – I mean, even though he outproduced Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs last year, I guess that wasn't a – I just don't get to having it both ways. You want to see him do it with, with teammates, then you want to see him be the guy. He did all of that, but neither here nor there. I believe there are four players in this draft class that I don't care where they land, they're locked and loaded, going to be fantasy, like, very, very good. And that's Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Najee Harris, and Kyle Pitts. Those are the four players mm-hmm. that I truly mm-hmm. wholeheartedly – and everybody that listens to me knows I love Rondell Moore. Love Rondell Moore. I need to see where Rondell lands, man. He's five foot fucking seven. 
I got to see yeah. where he lands. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't expecting 5'7". My comp for him has always been Steve Smith, who was a legit 5'9". Uh, that's yeah. that's that bigger. was Rondell Moore. I got to see where Rashad Bateman. I want to see where he lands. I like Bateman. I like him. I like Jalen Waddle. But you know, I know one of the things that Nate and Kelly talked about were if Waddle and we hear a lot of people say if Waddle stayed healthy, Smith doesn't win the Heisman. Go look at the four games that Jalen Waddle and it, go watch the games that Waddle and, and and Smith were on the field. Versus Georgia in particular, you look at Jalen Waddle's final stat line, I think he's got like 220, something like that. Go look at how many catches Devonta Smith is. Go watch the game. He was the number one read every damn time Mac Jones went to pass the ball. Now, Jalen Waddle did catch an 80-something yard touchdown pass, which I mean, accounted for like 80% of his receiving yards that game. But there was never a doubt of who the alpha was on Alabama's team. So to say he wouldn't have won the Heisman, Maybe not, but he still was going to be a fucking first-team unanimous All-American. Mac Jones would have just mm-hmm. won the Heisman if that were the case. I, I just don't understand. Because we haven't seen it, then we can't conceptualize that it could potentially be a reality that this dude is just a savant playing wide receiver. And all I ask people to do is just look at things from both sides of the coin, right? Just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it can't happen. And if it's going to happen... I'm going to bet on it happening with the player that just broke every single fucking record that we're talking about the best wide receiver since Amari Cooper did, and he did it on a team in one fewer game without the pass-catching weapons around him. That of one Jamar Chase had in 2019 who played on the most prolific offense in the history of college football. So if I'm going to bet on a guy that didn't do it, that's going to be the motherfucker I bet on.